But it's also got Fleabag's older sister, Sean Clifford, and I thought she was quite good. Again, I think she gets a bit more to do in the second episode. She plays Rob Lowe's CFO, which, as we all know, thanks to Juno Temple, is a corporate flying object. Who knew we'd have two comedy CFOs in 2023? What if the C stands for comic and she got it wrong? What if it's a, a comic flying object? Can I just check? ITVX, is that some sort of pornography? No, it's the much improved ITV streaming service where you can find all of the brilliant ITV shows available and you can you can download and watch them. And it doesn't present them in the wrong order for you. Oh, that is a gift. What a frightfully informative answer. <laughs> this podcast was recorded remotely and contains adult themes and language. Hello and welcome to TV DNA The Watch List. We're going to be talking about The Power on Prime Video and other shows we've been watching. We've got five shows coming out this week plus a whole heap of TV news to get through. And I have been joined currently by Mr. Damien Cooper. Ciao! <laughs> a welcome return after your hollybobs. Yeah, yeah. A great time in Rome, but equally great being back chat with you guys. And also with us promptly and on time is Isabel Dixon. Hello! How you doing, Izzy? I'm good. I have not been on holiday recently, unlike Damien, but I do have one coming up, so I'm excited about that. I'm going to New York in a couple of weeks, so we'll be using our watch list episodes to download some content to watch on the plane, which I'm very excited about. Fantastic. Neil and Grace are due to join us at some point, so we'll get their thoughts as well. Grace is going to talk about the power, so we're going to park the power for a little while and kick off with what else you've been watching. So I finished Shrinking, which... Followers of the podcast will know I've been enjoying. I've talked about it in previous episodes. And yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Um, all 10 episodes are great. It's just been a really nice, easy thing to watch to start the year off with. But very funny, very emotional, a lot of great performances. Just been like really, really enjoyable. I really loved this as well. I just And I absolutely blubbed at the end of that, that final episode just because they were all being so nice to each other. I know, even Harrison Ford, who's played like the most curmudgingly man ever, but he had like such a great character arc and such a good ending, that last scene. A brilliant cliffhanger, I thought. Really, really good. Setting up season two. I hope it does get a second season. I haven't checked to see whether it's been renewed or not yet, but it's got dirty, dirty humour in it, which I really enjoyed. It's unashamed in that respect, I think. Oh yeah, there's some great lines in there. When you said there's cliffhanger ending... Cliffhanger. Would we say that's the right word? Well, yeah, there was definitely a, an irony to that statement, maybe. But no, it's, it's really great. And I don't think there's any characters in it I don't like. They're all really enjoyable for all their foibles and they're all very flawed in their different ways. They're all really fun to spend time with. I've got to give a shout out to the engagement party episode, which was like bordering on cringe humour. Some bits I was having to literally just watch from behind my hands. Secondhand embarrassment was just... Ugh. Yeah, I think you get mildly frustrated with one or two of them at certain points throughout the series, but they are all just really, really lovely people to spend time with. And I think that was my overall feeling of the show was like, I enjoyed this time that I spent watching it. And the best thing about it is it's from our sponsors, Apple TV. Hi, everyone. Running joke slash legal disclaimer, Adam from the future here. We are not actually sponsored by Apple TV Plus. Yet. Although we are very, very open to it. So if you do work for Apple TV+, Plus, please get in touch. There we go. Apple TV+. Plus. Just 
to link in with that before you go to other stuff you've been watching. I started watching The Big Door Prize, which we previewed last week, and can highly recommend it as something for people who enjoyed shrinking. I think it's a good follow-on for those who might be grieving that show finishing. My question is, how big is the door? Does it seem bigger because people have been shrinking or not? <laughs> it's weird, actually. The title, I think, is a is an odd title. That's my big criticism of the show, actually, is I don't think the title really fits the show. But the basic premise is that this machine, like a slot machine, sort of magically appears in this corner store and it gives you your true life potential in one word, usually, one or two words. Um, so it kind of tells you what you could have been or what you should have been, maybe. But that's how it's described as your true life potential. And it really leans heavily on that premise in the first episode. We meet loads of different characters. There's at least four intriguing mysteries set up in episode one, which I thought was really good, really strong. Cast were all great. Chris O'Dowd is the, the kind of lead in this. But everybody else around him is, is superb, I think. And then the second episode moves it along nicely and introduces his parents. And then I realised three episodes out currently on Apple TV, but realised that the opening credits reveal who the episode will focus on in a rather beautiful way. And then just when you think this is a light, fun, yet philosophical comedy, it hits you with an emotional punch. So, yeah, I think it's perfect for those, as I said earlier, who are grieving the end of shrinking. This is all the way I described The Good Place, which I loved. Philosophical and emotional are kind of, you know, good, good things for me. So I'll give that a go. Yeah, genuinely funny in places as well. I think it's a, it's a good sort of comedy. But the, the levels of comedy, mystery, I think are, are compelling. Anything else, Izzy? Uh, so I've watched the first episode of Daisy Jones and the Six, which I know you finished and really enjoyed it. Kind of mainly tuned in because I'm a big Fleetwood Mac fan. And I know that is it's sort of inspired by rock bands of that era. But again, thought performances are really, really good. Didn't buy Sam Claflin as a teenager in the first episode at all. But apart from that, that was one criticism. But really enjoyable. And I've only watched episode one so far, but I think it sets up some really nice story threads really, really well. I haven't read the book. I've read other books by that author. But I probably now will wait to read it and watch the TV show because I kind of, kind of don't want to be spoiled. I definitely think this is... Something you'll really enjoy. When I finished watching it, I was like, Izzy will love this. And I, again, I don't want to say too much about it. There's, there is a nice dynamic because it's them looking back on the 70s. It's kind of meant to be them sort of now, I guess, looking back on the 70s and their time in the band. So you get the younger and older versions of each character, which I think they do reasonably well throughout. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Sam Claflin almost looks younger in his older picture than he does in his younger one yeah I think it's a really really well done show and I think you will love it I can't again I don't want to say too much it, it may feel a little bit to some people that there's a bit of a sag in the middle but it's definitely worth getting through to the end that's what I'll say oh I'll bear that in mind I was wondering about the kind of modern framing device where they're talking and looking back I was like when is this meant to be is this meant to be in like the 90s early noughties is it meant to be now just because the ageing up and down is a little bit confusing. We're talking like a 50-year age gap. So some of them are doing very well if that modern bit is set now. I think it's probably 20 to 30 years, maybe. Yeah, between that, 20 to 30 years later, I think, is kind of what it's aiming for. I think the thing with these things is just don't read into it too much. I tend to ruin shows for myself by trying to work out all the kind of logistics. And no, no, 
We'll talk again when you've finished it. Don't want to spoil it for you. Brad, anything else? So I've watched the first episode of The Power, which obviously we're chatting about later. And that is pretty much it, apart from Yellow Jackets, which I know you and I are going to do a whole episode on. Um, So I won't go too into that, um, except to say that this season is a lot. (laughs) It's fantastic, but oh my God. Yeah, definitely picks up where it left off and then some. But yeah, we've both been very busy in the last week, so we haven't quite got to that yet, but we will. It's coming. There's so much to talk about with that show. I got deep into a Reddit hole after watching the last episode of Yellow Jackets. There's some wild fan theories out there, so I'm really, really excited to get into, you know, discussing those. Well, we've now been joined by Mr. Neil Shepard. Hello, Neil. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, good, thanks. We're just covering what we've been watching. So I'm going to come to Damo next and then we'll come to you afterwards. Damo, what have you been watching? So, yeah, I managed to watch a bit of TV whilst I was away. Obviously, Succession and Ted Lasso uh, and the power of which we will talk on more and on. I've carried on watching Avenue 5, Armando Nucci's newish show, the second season. I'm not sure. It feels like it's losing its way a little, which is unfortunate. Also, I watched the first episode because I was on a plane and nothing else to do, of the new Paramount Plus show based on the eponymous film True Lies. I've used eponymous incorrectly there. True Lies. And as we always say, it could be just because it's the pilot that it doesn't really work, but it it really didn't get me. Steve Howie, who plays Harry Tasker, and Ginger Gonzaga, who plays his wife Helen, are no match for Arnie and Jamie Lee Curtis. It's, it's a real shame because they are so iconic in that film that they just don't quite have the levels of charisma, shall we say, that are needed to, to push this show along, in, in my humble opinion. But we'll see. Omar Benson Miller is in it, who is also in... Oh, what was that rock show that I loved? The show with the rock that I really loved. Uh, Anyway, he's very good. I could watch him in anything. I'm not necessarily saying it's a must watch. Uh, It seems to me like you're not saying it's a must watch at all. I absolutely love True Lies. It's a great film and both Jamie Lee Curtis and Arnie are amazing in it. And I also love, I can't remember the actor's name now, that I want to say Bill Pullman, but it's not Bill Pullman, that wets his trousers at the edge of the cliff it's an amazing film i wasn't even aware that there was like a tv take on it but thank you so much for warning me not to watch it because i i don't want to based on what you said um i'm gonna have to jump off sorry it's been short and sweet okay if you want a voice note about the power then do sorry i was trying to get yeah yeah yeah, no worries um I still haven't finished quite finished the first episode. I've got like a couple of scenes to go. So okay. and then voice now. Cool. Thanks, Thanks, All right, mate. Break legs. Anything else for you then, Damo? Yes. Uh, so I also watched the first episode. I have two more episodes I think are available for me to watch via my VPN of Lucky Hank, the new Bob Odenkirk show. Once again, I'm not sure if this is just pilot-itis. I wasn't entirely enamoured with it uh, it's a great cast so other than Bob Odenkirk you've got Muriel Enos who plays his wife and she's obviously brilliant in everything she does another good cast of actors that you you know you'd recognize if you might not necessarily know their names off the top of your head the script seems to be good I'm just not in there yet but 
I am more than willing to give it a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth go. And how about you, Neil? Have you been watching anything? Apart from the obvious, i.e. The Mandalorian and Succession, I've been up to date with Extrapolations, which I don't want to give any spoilers because we've not... I know you're not up to date and I don't want to spoil anything, but it is absolutely fantastic it just gets better with each episode and i wish i could give more detail but i can only recommend watching it it's fantastic excellent extrapolations on apple tv plus adam's apple no i finished the second episode neil so i haven't i haven't got that much further but it's it's definitely getting further up my list i'm gonna get caught up fairly soon so i have watched a fair bit of stuff over the last three days i finished another couple of shows so abbott elementary is a show that i've raved about Previously, I got to the end of that. Particular highlights for me were the improv group, Dragon's Den and Halloween episodes. I cannot recommend Abbott Elementary highly enough. The other show that I finished was The Consultant, which Damo spoke about before. thought this was a really clever and intriguing mystery. It was interesting for me to watch this kind of side by side with the end of The Servant. And then I think it's a really, really good show if you've loved The Servant, and again, you're grieving that finishing, then The Consultant's a really good one to go into. It's written by the same person, Tony Baskalap, so it has really strong echoes of that. But Brittany O'Grady was great, and I think it's well set up for a season two. I hope they get a second season. I don't think it's been confirmed yet, but I would definitely sign the contract on that one. Nice. Isn't she so good? I think there's moments in that series where it gets a little bit lost, and I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of her partner in crime that I can't remember the name of the actor. The chap. The chap, yeah. Dave McBarrison. I, I know what you mean. I thought he was okay. I thought he was fine. Nat Wolf is the actor's name. That's the one. Thank you. Nat Wolf. And no, I don't necessarily think he was bad. I just think there were moments in the series where I wasn't necessarily buying what he was selling, but I thought she was consistently strong throughout. And he was good too. But yeah, I can't recommend it enough. It's Eight episodes, about half an hour each or something crazy like that. Yeah, the 30-minute episode, so it is very, very bingeable. And I think it's one of those shows where you start watching it, you, you could probably do three or four in a go. Definitely a recommendation from me. Available on Prime? I've been watching on Disney+. Plus. Well, initially, I wanted to watch It's a Sin again, because it's just an amazing show, and I just really enjoy catching up on it. But the algorithms on Disney Plus have suggested I might want to watch a film called Dear Simon, which I have. And it is about a guy at school understanding his sexuality and coming to terms with it. And I actually really enjoyed it. I kind of just put it on as something in the background whilst doing other stuff. But it really captured me so I would recommend it. And there's also a TV show that I think goes to three seasons called Dear Victor, which is another student at the school that is also dealing with his sexuality and the fact that he likes girls as well as guys and how that works out. But certainly as an easy watch, it's kind of a cross between sex education and glee. But yeah, I'd hugely recommend it. Hi all, Corexies from the future, just swooping in quickly to say that Neil meant the film Love, Simon, and the series Love, Victor. Cool. We'll have to have a little look at that. I started watching another five shows. 
Um, but I'm, I'm not going to talk about all of them. I'm going to talk about the two that I've watched the most and, and have enjoyed the most. So Unstable on Netflix. This is the new Rob Lowe show starring Nepo Baby, John Owen Lowe, Rob's own son, who plays in the show Rob Lowe's character's son. So it is quite meta, but it's actually quite good. I've watched two episodes so far. I'm really enjoying it. I forgot I have watched the first episode of this. Actually, I don't know I even got to the end of the episode. I think I turned it off. So I think that's where our, our tastes diverge. Adam, I, I couldn't quite get into it. Being And I'm a huge, huge fan of Rob Lowe, uh, but I couldn't quite get into it. I think you have to be in a certain mindset and, and know that you're watching an American comedy on Netflix. And the, My absolute favourite thing is the philosophical landscape gardener Juan, whose company is, of course, called Juan in a Million. He, I don't know if he's in the first episode or the second, but he's absolutely brilliant. I loved him to bits. But it's also got Fleabag's older sister, Sean Clifford, and I thought she was quite good. Again, I think she gets a bit more to do in the second episode. She plays Rob Lowe's CFO, which, as we all know, thanks to Juno Temple, is a corporate flying object. Who knew we'd have two comedy CFOs in 2023? What if the C stands for comic and she got it wrong? What if it's a, a comic flying object? It could well be. But you didn't oh, love it. Shit. <laughs> Grace Chapman's just popped onto the Zoom. Hello, Grace Chapman. Hi, hi. How are you feeling? I'm okay. <laughs> How was yesterday? Yeah, I mean, my legs are still attached to my body, but they're not they're not doing well. For the we'll... sake of the listeners, do you want to say what happened <laughs> yesterday? I ran a marathon yesterday, Neil. I did that. Yeah. <laughs> Legend! It was great, but I'm a bit broken now. What you need to do is sit down and watch TV for a couple of days. <laughs> is there anything good on? <laughs> Obviously, once again, congratulations on doing the marathon. I couldn't do it. Uh, I know you did it for charity. What what charity was it that you were running for again? Oh, yeah. De- well, I was uh, unofficially and with a big heart running for the Space Theatre's Lift campaign. Uh, which is a brilliant (laughs) charity called The Space, which listeners may or may not have heard of before, who are raising money to fix the access lift. So I thought, why not? I'm going to be doing it anyway. Shove a couple of quid there. I tell you what, Adam, when you told me that I made a dent in the the campaign, I did think about that at mile 22. Excellent. I'm glad that was helping motivate you to get to the end. But no, we're hugely, hugely appreciative of that. And we'll pop the link to donate into the podcast description if anybody does want to congratulate Grace on her marathon run. Anyway, back to me. I've also watched... (laughs) I've also watched The Dry on ITVX. This is an Irish comedy. Is it a comedy or is it a drama with funny bits? I don't know. But it deals with grief and a very dysfunctional Irish family. And our lead character is very much... uh, former alcoholic who is trying their best to stay on the wagon and is challenging given the nature of her very Irish family. Can I just check, ITVX, is that some sort of pornography? No, it's the much improved ITV streaming service where you can find all of the brilliant ITV shows available and you can you can download and watch them. And it doesn't present them in the wrong order for you. <gasps> oh, that is a gift. 
What a dreadfully um, informative answer. <laughs> I will briefly say that I've also started Kindred on Disney Plus, uh, Rabbit Hole on Paramount Plus, and Six Four also on ITVX. I'm definitely going to be watching more of Six Four. So quite enjoyed that crime drama. Uh, it's a four-parter, um, and I will see how I get on with the other two. But they're all okay shows without having sort of wowed me. Anyway, that is the epic story of what I've been watching. Grace Chapman, what have you been watching? Well, I think you've probably already chatted about it, but I did watch The Power. We haven't. Hey, perfect timing. You kick us off then on The Power. What do you think of that show? I was into it. I really liked it. There's lots of different things that I liked. I really liked the casting of the younger girls. I think it was really great that we focused on. For anyone who doesn't know, this is this the adaptation of uh, Naomi Alderman's novel. It's on Prime Video, and it's basically a, the story of um, young women and then all women getting powers to basically shoot electricity out of their hands and kill kill people. It's great. But yeah, I really liked it. I think it was quite true to the book. I think that the... Yeah, I love the younger younger women storyline, and I yeah I like that we didn't necessarily have a lot of Tony Collette at first. Like even though that's the star casting, I think it was quite a bold choice to actually just focus on the younger women. Yeah, I, I thought it was great, and I like the way they make the unbelievable feel quite believable. Just I, I enjoyed this. I was really glad they put the first three episodes out. Have you watched the first three, Gracie? No, just the first one. I started reading that book about three or four times and never mm-hmm. got to the end, not through any fault of the quality of the book, more to do with my capacity to read physical books. Um, <laughs> I felt like I knew that first episode really, really well. One of the brilliant things about the book is that it does start with these sort of three or four different stories that eventually start coming together. So there's a lot of setup to do in that first episode, a lot of different characters to meet and to understand. And the through line is what's happening to these young girls and how that how each of them are reacting or being affected by what's happening. So I can see how potentially it might be difficult for people watching that first episode and knowing whether or not to continue. I think if you watch all three of those first episodes, then you'll be in it and hooked and, and there for the ride. Yeah, I've watched the first two and held fire on the third, even though Raluca's very desperate to watch it, just to, just for the, the sake of the podcast, such is the selfless man that I am. I really enjoy it. There's some really good performances in there. I had a little issue in episode one with Roxy Monk's accent uh, slipping between Cockney and MLE. Watching the second episode, that doesn't seem to be a problem anymore. That seems to have settled down now. But yeah, pacing's really good. I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it, where it's a really good book. You know, the source material is strong. So you're already starting from an easy place rather than someone deciding to make a TV show out of some hack rubbish. I think as well, it's already doing what the book set out to do well, which is the book is trying to sort of flip the violence against women around you flip it and you realise just how ridiculous it is, like how it just it's, doesn't make any sense, really. And they're doing that well already, even in episode one, when you're seeing, you're like, oh, God, it's awful, you know. Oh, you can't treat other people like that. And then you think, hang on a minute, it's literally what happens every single day. So 
I think that they've taken that tr that really kind of important part of the book that the people who love the book and read the book really care about. And they've managed to pull that through from episode one, which I'm happy about. I think the sense of place is quite good. You know, London feels so different from wherever they are in the States. And then the made up country of Carpathia, which made me laugh, which is obviously Romania or Moldova or, or a mix of the two which seems to kind of still be a little bit stuck in the Soviet bloc era. I'm not entirely sure what's happened there, how there seems to be a kind of almost dictator-like leader of this country. Yeah, because I think in the book, and I may have this wrong, but I think the book is set a number of years in the future. So I think it starts at, at like some way in the future and then goes on. And I don't think they've done that with the TV show necessarily, but we are in this sort of... I feel like it's in another timeline or another kind of reality almost. I agree. I think for me, this has echoes or shares shares ground with extrapolations in a way in that it is the show is dealing with such important topics and doing it in a really interesting and clever way that it's got a value to watching it regardless of what you think of the performances or as a TV show. I think it's a really the philosophical discussion and the issues is that both those shows raise, I think, are really, really valuable. And I think that it's great timing for the end of The Handmaid's Tale. So if anyone loved that and you, you, you might be missing that, then uh, this is going to be perfect. Also, just for people who want to learn a new language, maybe, the... The stuff set in Carpathia is obviously, they're speaking Romanian, uh, but there are some absolutely amazing Romanian phrases that have already been used, including my pula, which means what my dick, which basically, that's the direct translation, but really means like, what the fuck? <laughs> so we had to we had to pause that and laugh for about five minutes because I've never heard Chermai Paula on any show, even things that are set in Romania. I haven't heard Chermai Paula. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Fact checking demo from the future here. To my eternal shame, my Romanian was incorrect. Whilst that is a Romanian phrase, it means something slightly different. The character says Chermai Mia, which means what the fuck, as you were. But yes, this is, sounds like it's a, definitely a recommendation from us. A Prime Video do some interesting stuff with releasing episodes in that Daisy Jones and the Six came out in four chunks. So we had three episodes and then three and then two and two, I think. So it'd be interesting to see if they do the same with this show or whether it will be a weekly release. But yeah, definitely worth a watch. I didn't realise that three episodes were out. So I'm definitely going to carry on with that very soon. Should we pause here and then start? succession and come back to the watch list yeah round so after a quick hiatus we're, we're back with the watch list but everyone else has gone damo it's just the and me yeah yeah only the hardcore left right yes well we have got five shows i did promise our listeners we talk about the upcoming five shows out this week starting with rain dogs coming out on on the tomorrow at the time of recording the 4th of april uh, which is tuesday on the bbc uh, this is an unconventional love story between a working-class single mum, a young daughter, and a privileged gay man. Facing eviction, Costello scrambles to find housing by nightfall. After a stint in prison, Selby gets mixed reactions as he returns home. This uh, stars Daisy Mae Cooper as Costello Jones, a writer and single mother who's described as having a rock-and-roll swagger. Created by Cash Carraway, 
and also starring Jack Farthing and Aronke Adekaleo. Sounds interesting. Um, so I watched Am I Being Unreasonable and really enjoyed that. Obviously, I think it's going to be a little bit more serious. Daisy May Cooper is also in Avenue 5 and very funny in that. So I've always got time for whatever she's doing. Jack Farthing's pretty decent too. Yeah, watch the trade for this and it looks definitely it's interesting. I will be checking it out on the old BBC. On the 6th of April on Netflix, Beef will drop. Two strangers get into a road rage incident that brings chaos into their lives. Described by The Guardian as one of the most riveting shows of the year. Stars Stephen Yuan of The Walking Dead and, oh, what was the Oscar film that he was nominated in? Uh, the brilliant Minari. That's it, Minari. I should have backed myself. I was going to say Minari, which is also amazing. And Ali Wong, who I think is predominantly a stand-up, but also an actor now. So I'd be quite interested in that. They're both phenomenal performers. I have seen the trailer of this, and it does look particularly good. This is probably the show that I'm most excited about, the ones coming out this week, and will be my suggestion for us to cover in a bit more detail on the watch list next week. Are you up for watching the, the first episode of this demo? Uh, yeah, why not? Also on the 6th of April, we have Dreamland, which is coming out on Sky and Now TV. This is a British comedy television series based on Sharon Horgan's 2017 Sky Arts short, Morgana Robinson's Summer. And it's set in Margate, where eldest sister Trish is pregnant and expecting a girl baby. So that's written by fan of the show, Sharon Horgan. Yeah, one time liker of our tweets, Sharon Horgan, and fan of the show. If she ever listened to it, I'm sure she would be. But yeah, this one stars Freema Agyeman, Lily Allen, and Amy Fionn Edwards, who you might remember from Peaky Blinders, Damo, and Slow Horses, Esme Shelby, as well as Kyle Smith-Bino, who is, of course, our good friend in Ghosts. That's right, KSB, as he's known. The news about Ghosts that's come out this week... The next series, which is series five, is that right? Will be the final series. They have decided that they want to end it there. That's where the story is ending, as is their choice, rather than the show being cancelled. I think that's probably about right. I mean, I don't think that Ghosts has ever failed to make me laugh. Like, I think it's been really strong throughout the seasons, four seasons it's had so far. But I think it's right that they go out on a high rather than stretch out to the point where it becomes too formulaic. Yeah, I agree. It felt like series three, they were kind of winding it down. And then they had that Christmas special and suddenly it was carrying on. Uh, So they kind of ironically got a second life out of the show, it feels. And so, yeah, let's hope that they round it off and everyone gets sucked off at the end of the series. (laughs) What have we got next, Damo? I know you want to talk about this one. Oh, don't I just. Oh, my God. So on Paramount+, Plus. On the 7th of April, we see a new show, Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies. That's right, the musical series takes place four years before the events of Grease. Four fed-up outcasts dare to have fun on their own terms, sparking a moral panic that will change Rideau High forever. Starring Jackie Hoffman from Only Murders in the Building, had to work that acronym out, playing Principal McGee. And I wonder if there will be any beauty school dropouts in amongst the gang. I'm not sure whether this is the one that I won, but it's the one that we're getting. And the rise of the pink ladies does sound a little bit like a euphemism. (laughs) 
I'm just disappointed that they decided to drop it in April. They should be dropping it in June, July, or August so people can enjoy it on those summer nights. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Yes, it's a musical show, this. There's going to be singing in it. Tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> I can't, I can't. genuinely can't because I haven't seen it yet. But yeah, I don't know. We, 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 I think we talked about this off air, did we? Or earlier on in the podcast about Paramount Plus creating TV shows out of some of their iconic movies like American Gigolo, like True Lies that you were talking about earlier. I know there's a Fatal Attraction show coming up as well. So, I mean, jury's still out, but it feels like maybe they need to get a new idea. They don't have to pay to write new IP, do they? They just use that, rinse, recycle and repeat. So in many ways, it's eco-friendly content. But yeah... I feel like they they need to probably buck their ideas up. And that's from someone who is notoriously lazy saying that. (laughs) Well, the final one that we've got to talk about this week is Tiny Beautiful Things, which comes out on Disney Plus on, I believe, Friday the 7th of April. A woman reluctantly takes on an anonymous unpaid position with an advice column called Sugar. Unsure of herself at first, she finds a way to weave her life experiences together to help those seeking guidance. And on the face of it, wouldn't be my sort of show but it stars Catherine Han and I watched the trailer and I thought it looked interesting so maybe I will give this one a little watch and see if it works for me but if that's your cup of tea anyway Tiny Beautiful Things comes out on Disney Plus. Who doesn't fancy a bit of sugar in their tea? I believe that there was a girls magazine called Sugar wasn't there? It definitely was back in the day was some either teen or pre-teen maybe magazine I have stepsisters who probably will know that sort of thing. <laughs> Listeners, if you ever read Sugar, feel free to contact us at TVDNAPod on the socials or TVDNAPod at gmail.com. But before we go, Demo, there is a little bit of news. Let's just pick up on one or two bits of these news pieces because we've, we've, there's been a lot of news and last week we ran out of time to cover all of it. So there's a couple of bits that I want to pick up with you if I can, but one of those is Vigil. We did a series on Vigil back in 2021, maybe. But Saran Jones and Rose Leslie are returning for the second season and have announced that Doug Gray Scott, Doug Gray or Do Gray? Who knows? Do Gray. Scott and Romola Garay are among nine new cast members during the show. And previously, we joked about the fact that that character's never going to get back in a submarine. So how could there be a second season? Well, it turns out it's not on a submarine. She's entering the hostile ranks of the British Air Force. I mean, do, do we need to have this? I mean, probably not. But, you know, Saran Jones, Rose Leslie enjoyed their performances in, in Vigil. Um, but it feels like it will be a completely different show. Kind of like the armed forces meets White Lotus. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah maybe. maybe is that. The other one I wanted to chat to you about was the Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, which has announced that Game of Thrones' Mance Raider, also known as actor Kieran Hines, who I also saw performing in The Dry, which I mentioned earlier on in the episode, he's very good in that. He's joined the Prime Video Fantasy Epic, along with Rory Kinnear and Motherland's Tanya Moody. Tanya plays the rather exuberant, she's a new character in Motherland in series two or three, I think. Exuberant, drunk mum. Yeah, yeah, they, they don't really know what they're doing with their storyline a lot of the time in the yeah. show. Yes, I know you're talking about now the sadly most underwritten character in Motherland. I mean, that is 
some pretty strong actors added in. I do think it was something that was missing in the first series was some real solid, good, dependable, known faces. Yes. I mean, who knows? It was we, we talked about the Rings of Power a lot. I mean, I think I'm quite excited about those three joining that cast. So I'm curious to see where they go with it. I, you know, I hope they picked up on some of the lessons from season one. It's such an expensive show. You just feel like they could spend a bit of time nailing down the plotting and the script of the series for TV. Exciting news that they're joining that cast anyway. And I believe the date is, well, we're certainly not going to see series two before the middle of next year. So it could even be as late as 2025 we see series two. Adamo, something that is coming before then, certainly to American TV screens, is The Walking Dead, Dead City, which is going to be premiering on the 18th of June, but currently no confirmation of a UK release yet. So who knows whether it will be like the main Walking Dead show and available on Disney+. Plus or like The Walking Dead, The World Beyond, and available on Prime Video, or like Fear the Walking Dead, which was on AMC+, and only really watchable if you had BT TV in the UK, or like Tales of the Walking Dead, which we still haven't had on these shores. It's a lot of Walking Dead, isn't it? It's a lot of Walking Dead, and all on different channels and ways of watching it. So, yeah, who knows if we'll actually get to see this six-episode series focusing on Maggie and Negan. So is this how... People are combating the countless different streaming sites. You just have such a giant universe with so many shows within it, and you just place one on each one of the streaming platforms. That seems to be the Walking Dead versus a strategy. Anyway, there's loads more news. Is there anything else you wanted to pick up on, Damo, before we go? The very sad passing of an absolute legend uh, this week. For listeners who are from the UK... The man needs no introduction, really. Paul O'Grady, who was also Lily Savage, um, passed this week. It is a serious loss culturally for this country. And obviously it's a tragedy because it's a person that has passed. For our listeners who might not know who Paul O'Grady or Lily Savage were, Lily Savage was a transvestite character that Paul O'Grady played and was uh, instrumental in changing views on transvestitism in the UK. Lily Savage started off in the Royal, uh, the Vauxhall Tavern, the Royal Vauxhall Tavern, which is a very famous gay venue in London at a time when it was very difficult to be gay, to be a transvestite, and managed to work his way up to being a household name Lily Savage had her own show. Paula Grady had his own show after that. And he gave lots of people a voice that not being heard up until that point. So he really pushed boundaries. Yeah, I think during his life, he showed a, a bravery that was inspirational to a huge amount of people. It's definitely a, a massive loss to the industry and our thoughts with their friends and family. We neglected to mention last week that we also lost actor Lance Reddick recently, who... I mean, phenomenal in shows like The Wire uh, and in Lost and in Oz. Played some incredible characters with a, an intensity and a, a dignity, I think, I've rarely seen from other actors. Yeah, I mean, in that absolute car crash of a Resident Evil show that came out recently, 
he was solid and dependable and was did good work. He also was famous for his voiceover work in video games. So he played Silence in the Horizon Zero Dawn franchise. He was also a character in Destiny, I believe. And he was famed for being quite interactive with his fans. So I think he would occasionally tweet that he was going online to play Destiny and things like that. So he was very humble and thankful for the love that he received and gave that back. Yeah, I, I, it does almost make me want to rewatch The Wire. And um, for those that haven't yet seen phenomenal TV show The Wire, <clears throat> Neil Shepard and Izzy Dixon, I think you definitely need to be getting on that. Yes, indeed. So that is it for another TV DNA watch list. Um, we have got upcoming shows on Succession, Ted Lasso, The Mandalorian and Yellow Jackets. But we'll be back every week to give you our spoiler-free thoughts on the shows that we're watching, what's coming soon, and update you on those TV news. Next week, we'll be talking about beef. Yeah, I mean, I've got mixed emotions about this being vegan, but yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry, I was just trying to find the comment. Grace's subtle humble brag of having worked out. What? And you say, I've got to work to watch Succession after I've worked out. Did I say that? That's a misread it. Oh. <laughs> oh, post-work. Oh. <laughs> work out today. Are you joking me? <laughs> but what? The, you've mewed yourself. You've it was seamless, <laughs> but you've mewed yourself, Adam. <laughs> Can we take five? And then yeah. come back to the succession. Is that right? I'm having a nap. <laughs> Won't be long. <laughs> Adam, would it be helpful if you paused and restarted the recording.